0: Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. Environmentalists and clean energy advocates are fighting over how the Treasury Department should implement the Clean Hydrogen Tax Credit under the Inflation Reduction Act. That credit offers billions of dollars in federal incentives to companies who produce hydrogen in a climate-conscious way. Remember, hydrogen is a fuel that produces no carbon emissions when burned in a fuel cell made from water via a highly technical and energy-intensive process. And the clean hydrogen industry is in its early stages. The Biden administration believes investing in clean hydrogen could ultimately be a political and climate win, but their bet largely depends on how this tax credit is shaped. So today, Politico's Kelsey Tamburino, on the clash over the new IRA's Clean Energy Tax Credit, and why the industry is so important to the Biden administration. It's Tuesday, June 20th.
1: The debate around the Clean Hydrogen Tax Credit has been pretty complex and technical. Essentially, the Inflation Reduction Act created a new tax credit for hydrogen that basically said companies can qualify for this as long as the hydrogen is produced through a process with low lifetime greenhouse gas emissions. And so we don't know exactly when guidance for this is gonna come out. Folks expect sometime later this summer, but until then, there's just been a lot of debate on how Treasury is going to implement and structure this. You have to remember that hydrogen is really seen as this kind of Swiss army knife technology that can cut emissions from hard to abate sectors So in that regard, the administration has really positioned hydrogen technology as playing a key role in broader decarbonization targets. But when you talk to the industry, environmental groups here, it really depends on how this tax credit is structured so that it's going to incentivize this new industry, but also do so in a way that cuts emissions, but also might not undercut growth in this really crucial new industry.
0: Right. And as the administration drafts its plan, tensions are flaring among clean energy advocates over the direction it should take. So what's the divide about broadly?
1: Yeah, as I noted, this is kind of largely an industry that doesn't exist, clean hydrogen, green hydrogen. So there's a lot of different interests eyeing how a treasury is going to implement this. Green groups, environmental groups want the requirements to be fairly strict in a way that ensures that there are environmental safeguards in place and that this actually reduces emissions. You have to keep in mind hydrogen production requires a lot of electricity and the majority of the U.S. power supply is fossil fuel generated. So there's concern that if this isn't properly done, we could see more fossil fuel based power generation or that demand from this tax credit for green hydrogen could actually pull existing Clean power away and not replace it or provide new clean energy. But on the other side, you have utilities and companies that potentially want to become hydrogen developers in this space, but they're saying this is such a new and emerging market that flexibility is needed so that you can really get a foothold and really get things going, but also keep costs down. And there's sometimes an acknowledgement that that might mean emission increases in the near term, but long term, If this is done in a way that the industry can build out quickly, you could see longer term reductions. That's the broad debate. But when you talk about how Treasury is thinking about this and what they're weighing here, there are three pillars that really folks focus on here in terms of accounting for the emissions from the electrolyzer. And that's across what they call additionality, deliverability and time matching. So what you're basically talking about is should the electricity used to make hydrogen come from new renewable power plants? So that's referred to as additionality. Should it be in the same geographic area as that hydrogen plant, which is the regionality question here? And then just how granular should we be talking about matching the renewable power generation with the production? So is that hourly? Is that annually matched? And so if you're an environmental group, they will say that we need to have hourly matching and additionality of new clean power sources. So the electrolyzers, should be required to draw from new sources of electricity, clean electricity, and they want stricter regionality. If you're a hydrogen producer or, you know, utility and industry that wants to really be a developer in this space, they argue that you need hydrogen plants to have more flexibility here, given just power generation and how intermittent renewable power is. And their arguments is that that makes hourly matching challenging. So they're requesting flexibility across the board. But there is some debate among groups, industries about how this should work and what those kind of three pillars should look like.
0: Got it. And we're starting to see different groups push their ideas on how the credit should be implemented along those three buckets you mentioned. Let's start with the American Clean Power Association. It just unveiled a framework. What are they saying?
1: This one got a lot of attention last week and it's interesting because the American Clean Power Association is one of the larger trade groups for renewables and they represent members that are kind of across the spectrum of how they would like to see this implemented. And they previously had offered comments to Treasury last year. Their new approach, they're saying, is more of a consensus approach that aims to kind of bridge the gap between their members and moves the ball a little bit from what they had previously Offered last year. What they're looking at is basically proposing that electrolyzers procure new clean power generation to match their demand. And they're kind of pitching three options to do that, one of which is saying that they would need to purchase clean energy from projects that are operational no later than three years prior to that facility becoming operational, that hydrogen facility. On time matching, they're calling for a phased-in hourly accounting system where investors can start the project development process under an annual time frame that a little bit less strict. And so then, as long as those projects begin construction before the end of 2028, and then on the regionality question, they're proposing clean energy resources powering electrolyzer loads located in the region. You know that allows for an appropriate degree of physical deliverability, basically. Essentially, the group is arguing for more flexibility for time matching while leaning more on stringent requirements for additionality and regionality.
0: And that is an attempt to compromise, but we're seeing pushback, particularly from the Natural Resources Defense Council, a major environmental group. So what are they saying about that proposal?
1: Yeah. So they basically say that while they agree that there should be new supply additionality, required ignoring hourly matching would drive substantial emission increases and kind of be a gamble on the grid and undermine the industry's early credibility. And they're basically saying that the administration should not go with this approach. They should remain strong on those three pillars. And basically, they're saying that the ACP is conceding too much in the favor of larger companies here that are looking to take advantage of these tax credits. You mentioned in the previous question, you know, we've seen other approaches come out in the recent days. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce, for example, put out a letter that they kind of took a, a different framework is from ACP and then RDC as well, which we're seeing a lot of the industry folks push for that basically rejects additionality, deliverability, and those time-matching requirements. There's also pushback we're seeing from nuclear industry folks who kind of say, like, that additionality requirement, new clean power sources would leave them out of this debate and they would like to see, you know, a way in which they can participate as well. So there's a lot of looming questions. And I think there's still, even as we're seeing the ACP try to find a consensus framework here, there's still a lot of debate on how this should look. And the administration is really going to have to weigh a lot of different factors. And It's going to be really interesting to see how they, you know, ultimately decide to implement this tax credit.
0: For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com power dash switch, and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron is striving to lead the way in the energy transition. They're working to deploy carbon capture and producing renewable fuels, developing multiple solutions today while forging new paths to the future. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash energy in progress.